their paths crossed like two hot wires. We are just about the friendliest folks you would ever want to meet. That's Bonnie. I'm sorry, I was looking for Maude. Everyone has the right to make an ass out of themselves. You can't let the world judge you too much. That woman, she took my car. This is Bonnie and Maude, the film podcast, with Xenia Yarosh and Eleanor Kagan. Hey, this is Bonnie and Maude. I'm Eleanor Kagan. And I'm Xenia Yarosh. Today we are coming to you from the studio apartment uh, with a special guest, Ramel Wood. Hi. Welcome. Ramel is a writer. She's a media specialist for IMAX, and she also maintains the awesome blog called Throne Shots. Find it on Tumblr and Instagram. Thanks for joining us. No, thank you for having me. This is very exciting. So the movie that we're going to be talking about today is Drop Dead Gorgeous. And you brought this movie to us as something you wanted to discuss. Can you tell us why? To me, Drop Dead Gorgeous was a movie that me and my best friend growing up would just incessantly quote or we would yell at each other or like that would be kind of like our inside Which lines? Now I'm curious. Uh, Specifically, my favorite line I think of the whole movie is... um, the swan ain't my baby. <laughs> that one was a big one. Also, uh, mom still can't see a, a fat lady in a tube top and not start crying. Like, that one was good. There was just countless ones where me and my, my friend Sammy would just burst into hysterical laughter. Even though, like, this is a super dark movie, not having now recently rewatched it. Yeah, we should say... <laughs> Let's pause and, okay. like, do a little <laughs> summary of the plot. Because this was actually my first time watching it. And I'm sure there are other people out there who have not <laughs> seen it. So, Drop Dead Gorgeous is a 1999 film starring Kirstie Alley, Kirsten Dunst, and Denise Richards, and it follows the denizens of a small town (laughs) in Minnesota Mm -hmm. as the teen girls prepare for a local beauty pageant. And I would say hilarity ensues, but death ensues. (laughs) Violence ensues. You know, it's funny because I was thinking about this today. Over the weekend, I watched uh, Jawbreaker from around that same era, which was because it was on TV, and Slums of Beverly Hills is from a couple years earlier. Mm. Was there a trend in the late 90s of these teen movies aimed at young women that were were super angry? Yeah, that were The Craft. Ghost World, maybe a little bit later. Mm -hmm. Am I making this up? Have there always been dark movies aimed at young women, or was this just a particularly bleak time? (laughs) what has come out since. Um, This sort of made me think of Mean Girls a little bit as well. I was actually worried when I watched Drop Dead Gorgeous that it would be like Jawbreaker because I kind of hated Jawbreaker. (laughs) I did too. I had some issues with it, mostly because I I loved um, Rose McGowan. McGowan. There was something so appealing about her. You kind of so purely evil. Yes. Everybody knows a girl or aspires to be a girl like her in every one of her movies. Like, she's just horrifyingly badass. But I just could not get behind Judy Greer. And I don't know if that was the point of, like, you wanted her to get kind of maimed and murdered and thrown into a back of her trunk. I guess there was just no good guy in that movie or no good girl or somebody who you wanted to get behind. Everybody was just terrible I guess Mm -hmm. but not in like a fun way Mean Girls everybody's terrible but in like a really hilarious kind of campy way 
Yeah, I found jawbreaker, the, the word that comes to mind is kind of shrieky. Yeah. Everything from the color palette to the leather, like a, the pleather skirt. Yes, the tone, it was too harsh. Whereas Drop Dead Gorgeous, which I loved, by the way, was a lot more toned down. It was more like um, Waiting for Guffman, more like a Christopher Guest, uh, well, mockumentary, which he's known for, except more female-centric. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Drop Dead Gorgeous is done in the style of a mockumentary, and it really commits to that angle. They supposedly send this film crew into this small town, Mount Rose. It's the, the Mount Rose 75th year of their pageant and so that's why they're sending camera crews to all of the tiny well it's oh it's, it's actually yeah. called the miss teen sarah American, rose yeah. cosmetics mount rose american teen princess pageant um so this movie has a really dark <laughs> sense of humor and that is what drew me into it i is that what drew you guys into it as well i think i watched it for the first time mostly because i just really liked kirsten dunst at the time like mm -hmm. i was a huge virgin suicides person and Oh, she was in um, Jumanji. Jumanji, <laughs> Interview with a Vampire. That came out in like 94, 95. That was like and one of her first movies, wasn't it? Bring It, it? On was around the time of this Bring movie. Bring It On say. came after this. Oh, just kidding. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting because Bring it in on, Drop Becky. Dead Gorgeous, she mm -hmm. actually says, Bring It On. She does? Yes. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Which she never says in Bring It On. But you actually Fun said fact. something funny like when we were watching it, she's like... <laughs> Did she just like bring this into her audition for yeah. Bring It On? I was like, look what I can do. Like, I can, I've already said a line that <laughs> happens to be the title of this movie. You should let me be in this movie. And we've talked about this before, but it's worth saying again that Kirsten Dunst is a great comic talent and she often doesn't get accolades for being so, so funny. And this movie has so many funny ladies in it. It's one of Amy Adams's first roles. It's actually her first film. Her very film. first role. Mm -hmm. And she's hilarious. And she's like, damn near unrecognizable in it, I think, is where mm -hmm. you were like, you're like, that is Amy Adams? And we were both kind of like, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> and from playing the earnest princess character in so many of the movies that made her famous, like Enchanted and a bunch of rom-coms, here she is this very sexualized, hilarious kind of sex bomb. And she, she's so fucking funny. Yeah, like this movie unlocked her character in, um, there's no reason you guys should have seen this, but <laughs> Cruel Intentions 2, where she plays the Sarah Michelle Gellar character. And she's like super sexual. And it's so uncomfortable to watch because that's not oh, yeah. no, but then the she's character. Like, that's shift lesbian that you, That's the twist. I've seen this movie. But like, <laughs> so we don't bad. think of Amy Adams as a sex pot, really. But in Drop Dead Gorgeous, it's like, her trying out that character early on, except mm -hmm. she's a little more like I don't oblivious think they, maybe to her, her sexuality. Didn't know how to market her because she's very she's possible. a great actress. So I think people just automatically maybe are like, "We well, are a cute little thing." Like now, go be Sex. go be sexy. Mm -hmm. yeah. Also, Brittany Murphy, very funny in this movie. So it was really nice to see her. Yeah. Well, Clueless came out in '95. I think she's great, and we were just discussing how she's kind of like the Brittany Murphy school of helping wayward girls achieve their dreams. <laughs> that was kind of her niche for a little while, mm -hmm. uh, around the time that this movie came out. But yeah, she was great. And she is best when weird. We've decided that she's best when playing someone sort of off. Yeah, like not quite all there, like somebody who might enjoy like the smell of her farts but never talk about <laughs> it or like somebody who's just like oh man this really, 
love the smell of my farts. I could just see her <laughs> saying that in like one of those movies. Like if we saw like deleted scenes from like Girl Uninterrupted or Freeway, that would be something that would be totally acceptable. Things that Brittany Murphy would <laughs> probably get away with saying like as an unhinged character. And it wasn't just the teenage <laughs> girls. It was um, Allison Janney and Ellen Barkin yes. are great in this. Ellen Barkin plays Kirsten Dunst's mom mm-hmm. and Allison Janney is like her BFF. Oh, she's so great. And they are just two psycho peas in a pod. Yeah. It's like really white, trashy Laverne and Shirley's. Loretta. I tell Lynette, I says, you talk to me during my stories, you might as well be talking to the wall. <laughs> you guys want a beer? No, thank you. Let's just say who should win. Who deserves to win is Amber. Why don't you just She's paint a big old target you know, on your ass? Best damn tapper, the most smartest. Most smartest? Yeah. Oh, that's great. You're real educated, like most smartest. Get a picture of that. Most. There's smartest. this pageant, and everybody is trying to sabotage each other because Becky, who is um, Denise you Richards, say sabotage. You mean murder? Yes, <laughs> murder. So at one point, um, Ellen Barkin and Kirsten Dunst, whose character is named Amber, their trailer explodes. Yes. And because Ellen Barkin always had a can of beer in her hand. Miller High Life. Miller High Life. The, the beer can gets like singed onto her hand. Like fused. Fused onto her hand and they just decide to leave it there. And her sitting in the hospital with this burnt can of beer trying to get the last couple drops out of it. Screaming for cigarettes is the funniest image and that always stuck with me because yeah. it was I found it so disturbing mm-hmm. and so hilarious. Even their heart to heart, she ends up actually hitting Kirsten Dunst on the head with like her maimed hand when she's threatening to quit the pageant. And that was the most after school specially type <laughs> scene in this entire movie. And it's like, oh, it's supposed to be heartwarming. Yet this is really grotesque. Like that's such a gross image and whoever did the makeup on that and I love that arm <laughs> and I loved her line when she was like I just had a new pair of Lee press-ons put on like she's super pissed about that not that her hand is fused <laughs> to a can of beer that she can't get the remaining drops out of but because she just redid her press-ons <laughs> her nails her nails yeah her her Lee salon press-on nails I shove your tap shoes in my panties before I was blown out of the house you go find the guy who cut them off He'll give them to you so you can practice for the pageant. So this movie has a really dark sense of humor, and that is what drew me into it. I, is that what drew you guys into it as well? I appreciated that like women were allowed to be so crude in this. Not only crude, but also like extremely violent. And like, it wasn't like bridesmaids having diarrhea on each other's heads crude, even though there was a, just a sensational puking scene in the movie mm-hmm. that's kind of the catalyst, but... I don't think there was one period joke in this entire yes. movie. Yeah. Which, like, Nothing. I'm glad that there was none of that catty Nothing banter. Nothing about makeup. At one point, they put Vaseline on. Their teeth, but it was like such a great joke. Nothing. A lot of pregnancies, a lot of unplanned pregnancy mm-hmm. joking, like the girls in, like, the girls' bathroom, and then, like, mm-hmm. that great scene when uh, they're like, are you nervous? And she's like, well... Oh, yeah. <laughs> really nervous. It's been about two months. I haven't told my boyfriend yet. How did you know? I meant nervous about the pageant. Oh, nervous about the pageant. Yeah. Like there's a darkness about small towns and like what isn't said. And the same thing goes for Kirstie Alley when she was like, this is a super special year for me because 17 years ago I was crowned. So like therefore she had Becky mm-hmm. almost to the day of when she won. So was she pregnant when she won this? Mm. 
So I think if I was the PC police, um, <laughs> there's a lot of things that would bother me about this movie. But as it were, I think we should maybe try to unpack some of those things. I mean, I appreciated that the movie was punchier than a lot of comedies featuring a large female cast. I feel like those comedies tend to be a little too soft. The retard piece of it was just uh felt felt a little dated maybe well maybe it feels dated now but i remember some of the quotes that we used to say to each other one of them was the tard's pants are completely off that was the line that Brittany murphy delivered and then she just started cracking herself up horrible but as a teenage girl i was like that's that's gold. That's yeah. comedy gold. And but now, like, like, it's an adult. I'm like, ugh, it's cringy. You know, I felt kind of uncomfortable with that whole subplot because, you know, you can joke about anything in the world as long as the target of the joke is not the victim. But I felt like many of those mentally challenged jokes were at his expense, which made it not as funny as well, it maybe could have been. And there was, like, a super dark undertone of paint huffing. Not to be, like, too leave it to beaver i had no idea like paint huffing was a thing oh, so you didn't you didn't huff no i didn't no. wasn't a goose oh, I sniffer just, i have some paint right here <laughs> we were gonna after so the recording i know you were like i the just girl carry around paint behind the school yeah this was, bucket of paint <laughs> it's a yearbook <laughs> i was an orchestra yeah having now watched it as an adult like there's always like paint resin on and around his Face. Maybe that's supposed to cushion it, like he's not genetically he's not all there. As a result of doing drugs, he has lost no, his mind. No, he has some kind of like stereotypical hand know. motions, and there's a point where he hits him in the head, and he's like, "Not in the head." The doctor said, "Not in the head." Like, it's yeah, I would so just awful. like I would just cut all of that out, and yeah. I think it would be a perfect movie. <laughs> what did I we have learn no from other Tropic problems. But... What did we learn from Tropic Thunder? Yeah, I never exactly. go. Full. full R. You never go full R. Yeah, I really don't like using that word. Anyway, from a female perspective, at least, you're right. There weren't a lot of jokes at the expense of women's bodies. And no. that was wonderful. The only one that there was, but I actually thought that they did it in kind of an amazing way, is the anorexic yeah. jokes where we visit the previous year's winner in the anorexia mm -hmm. ward of the hospital, which is conveniently on the same floor as the burn unit as some foreshadowing, which will... Yep. Which is, yeah. Um, the mise-en-scene in this movie is just... <laughs> <laughs> we're all girls that grow up with body conscious things and mm -hmm. like magazines and we're constantly being told, don't feel this way, feel this way. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if you saw that article recently about... Um, women in television and movies and in interviews and like what they eat and how it's like, I don't work out. I eat burgers yeah, all like, the time. I just eat fries. And like a big thing was like the Sex and the City women like eating club sandwiches and uh -huh. eating french fries and drinking highly caloric cocktails. And uh -huh. I recently read an interview with um, Emma Stone and she ordered a chicken pot pie. And it's stuff like Every that. Every interview with a woman starts with what she's ordering. And what she's wearing. Yes. She looks dashing and, you know, and it's like denim I, jeans. She's and, so down to earth because she's eating a chocolate croissant. Yeah. And yeah. then like and a, orders a, a milkshake. A like, whole fat latte. But then you see her a week later at the Oscars, the Academy Awards, and she hip looks bones. insane. Yeah, hip bones, collarbones. You can see her vertebrae sticking out of her gown. Like it's what I loved about this was like it acknowledged eating disorders as an issue, but also especially in pageants, like made it comical. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
I mean, when Denise Richards' character, Becky, brings her a box of chocolates and then spills them in her lab, right. I died. It's terrible. It's terrible. Or, the, or the, the confessional that they do, it's like, a week before the pageant. I was practicing my talent, finishing my costume, brushing up on current events, and running 18 miles a day on about 400 calories. I was ready. And they kind of use her as a benchmark for how clueless some of the other characters are. And I think kind of as a comment on pageant culture and how girls will kill themselves to look a certain way to Mm -hmm. be in them. And so uh, that was hilarious to me. But then you see the inverse and the toddlers and Tiara, like Honey Boo Boo phenomenon. I think why we gravitate more towards Honey Boo Boo is she's so happy with who she is. Oh, completely. And she is so unhealthy. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing about Drop Dead Gorgeous that was so interesting to me is it is very class conscious, too. Oh, completely. You know, you have the rich Becky and Gladys characters, mm-hmm. and then you have the poor Amber and Ellen Barkin and Allison Janney and everyone mm-hmm. else characters. And you have like the middle of the road, the adopted girl and like the girl who loves sign language and like Mm -hmm. there's middle of the road too, which I really like how it wasn't a complete class battle. Yeah. And you also have the very religious people and the less religious people. And at first I was a little worried that we were kind of laughing at the expense of the poorer people who, for lack of a better word, are sort of presented as these white trash women living in trailers. But then when but you really the realize it, they're the heroes. And because they really want it. The motivations behind these things are completely different. Whether Becky gets the scholarship or moves on does not matter. She's going to be fine. But her motivation is purely driven because she's been trained her whole life by a psychotic woman who never got out of the small town. But Amber, you, you want her to prevail you want her to be diane sawyer she she nails everything because she has no other choice like she's desperate unless she wants to do hair in the back of her mom's trailer or work embalming or actually like she could really do a lot of things well, given all of her so hard extracurriculars she, yeah i mean she works in the kitchen at her high school which in any other teen movie would be presented as this mortifying thing yeah. she works well in they did the- that in um she's all that as well that's right oh the yeah. little brother Karen Culkin, he works in the cafeteria, like, clearing trays and stuff. Has anyone ever done that? Like, is that even the thing? I don't think you're allowed to work. I don't think you're allowed to work in your school on the janitorial. That doesn't seem sanitary or, like, (laughs) or fair. Socially (laughs) fair. You had it in um, Pretty in Pink. The girls either don't have moms or don't have dads. Mm -hmm. And they're kind of, like, So a little bit of a Cinderella thing. Yeah. Or Mm -hmm. they have a parent, but they're unreliable. So therefore, they have to kind of take care of themselves. They have to be Mm self-sufficient. So, Mm -hmm. but in a sense, like Becky kind of has that too. Like, even though her dad provides, her dad is a raging alcoholic. Pretty much every scene you see, he either has a flask or a cocktail or is on his way to get a flask or a cocktail. So Mm -hmm. all of these kids kind of have fucked up parents. Just some are more traditional and then others are like, well, as long as he's getting the job done, he can enjoy all the cocktails he wants. Whereas, you know, Amber Atkins' mom, she's trying to make... The best of it too but she just the, the dad's just not in the picture so it's worse like not having a dad who's a carny or having kirstie alley as the person who you're supposed to look up to who is literally killing off other girls in the competition <laughs> who's literally murdering other people so here's the question that i am left with at the end of this movie who is responsible for becky dying because becky wins the pageant right and there's a parade to celebrate her and she's 
put in this big swan float. <laughs> and she's like, huh, it smells like gas. Yeah. And then it accidentally catches on fire and explodes. Oh my god. There's a lot of cutting corners and how, like, Mm -hmm. even though the theme of everything is buy American, like, Becky knew. She's like, this smells like gasoline. I think it was this shoddy shoddy workmanship workmanship Mm -hmm. that we can chalk that up to. I see. A lot of the physical gags in this movie, I just love, like, (laughs) the paint dance with the stools where they have to dance on uh, stools that have just been painted. And so they have any any place where they've touched them, they're covered in blue paint, which ends up being like their hands, their breasts, and their asses. Everything. And it's just the more, it keeps cutting back to them, and they're just covered in more paint. And that just Mm -hmm. was so funny. And, you know, of course, there's even the girl who falls off, and, like, it's like a crotch shot yeah yeah which for women you don't ever see but it's it does hurt like if you've it totally hurts fallen on a fence or like bike too hard like it hurts it's yeah. not a comfortable thing it's... and then she's just sitting in the grass later with a huge <laughs> bag of ice over her yeah. crotch i mean i just loved that it was so funny everything was just so well done in that in that movie as far as i think like, all the costumes and like all the little details and the houses and the sets really well designed it was outstanding. I re- I want to make a headpiece that has Mount Rushmore yeah. on it. I think you said you like this would be a sensational uh, Halloween costume. Well, like all this would. time, I like have all these screenshots of the coin costume from Greece too, <laughs> which I've been wanting to do. Where like the face of Washington is basically just painted on the breasts and the stomach, but now I can make something way simpler. Right. The other thing, though, that I couldn't help but notice is, isn't Denise Richards way older than all the other girls playing high school girls? And you could kind of tell. She just struck me as so much older I and think more she was worldly. More she polished. Behind. Yeah. yeah. And I think they kind of pushed to that later when Amber actually does go to the state finals and she's seeing... And she looks like a little girl compared to everyone else. Yeah. Because right? everyone has these bouffants and like mm-hmm. this perfect makeup. There's a scene where she's actually kind of looking at the bazongas of another contestant and mm-hmm. just looks very uncomfortable because mm-hmm. she doesn't. Um, the circumstances that follow Amber's pageant career are amazing. <laughs> so she wins the Mount Rose pageant by default because Becky dies. Because of death. And then she goes to the state finals and wins by default because everyone else gets food poisoning from bad shellfish. Oh, I don't eat shellfish. Ma always says, don't eat anything that can carry its house around with it. Who knows the last time it's been cleaned? Which is sound advice. You know, all this time I thought the conclusion of the local Mount Rose pageant would be the end. And I was hoping Kristen Dunst would be the winner. She wasn't at first, but eventually that got resolved. And like <laughs> once Becky died, I was resolved. like, oh. "We just needed one more big explosion." Yeah, exactly. It was a it was back. a great explosion. What was that like seeing it in the theater? Because it we watched- it looked terrible <laughs> on DVD. So I'm guessing. I'm curious how the effects looked to you. It's like, whoa, that swan really exploded. <laughs> I don't know. To be honest with you, when I first saw this in theaters, I did not like it. I think it was too dark for me, and I didn't hadn't quite developed that part of my sense of humor uh. where I appreciated uh, satire and black humor and irony. But then I went back and watched it sometime in high school and, and loved it. So I guess that 
part of me had finally developed. So I think I was just really put off <laughs> by, the whole by everything in the movie the first time I saw it. But I was, you know, I was a kid. Yeah. I was X amount of years old and, mm-hmm. you know, slightly older than Honey Boo Boo. But uh, no, I hope so. <laughs> but um. not old enough to compete in such a pageant myself. <laughs> You still look great. Thanks. thanks. You hold up almost as well as this film. (laughs) I loved that the movie kept going, that it like had all this, it almost felt like bonus material. Um, And then they went to state. Yeah, and then they went to state. And and, then they went to nationals. And then they Mm -hmm. went to nationals. And then we also like get a little insight into what happened to the main contestants many years later. Mm -hmm. It just, it was so satisfying. I love when movies just take it that extra step. Oh yeah, it kept the joke going. I mean, when Amber gets to nationals, it's been canceled because the Sarah Rose Cosmetics Company (laughs) has been seized by the IRS for tax evasion. And then the girls go crazy and start destroying the building. The windows are smashed. They start a riot because they can't compete in the pageant. And Amber is just looking on. Just staying cool. Just my girl Amber. I know. She, I mean, she ultimately, the joke of it is she's kind of, you know, looks like a child compared to all the other girls, but she's light years more mature than them. Yeah. I mean, I think she's in a pageant full of Beckys, essentially, who clawed their way up to that. But she realizes, I think, how monumentally lucky she is to have gotten to that point so she's when you know when contestants are saying like i'm just happy to compete Mm -hmm. she i think earnestly yeah she just she just wanted to be the next diane sawyer and she was hoping the scholarship and like the opportunities of winning the pageant would get her into a career versus being crowned as the most beautiful you always kind of feel the worst for people who peak in high school and i feel like that's certainly the same thing with this it's like how can you not feel bad for a, a girl who kind of peaks at beauty pageants and then gets aged out? But like she genuinely saw this as a stepping stone. She just liked to tap dance and she mm-hmm. was just genuine and wanted to, yeah, be be the next dance for Did you guys know that the writer of this movie did win a junior Miss contest and got $10,000 in scholarship? Really? Wow. Yeah. Uh, Lona Williams is the writer of this movie. I wish I knew what talent she did. Oh man, we should write like a fan letter. So what was your talent? (laughs) (laughs) What song did you sing? I hope she was the Soylent Green girl. Because I think she's... She (laughs) was actually the silent judge. In the the movie, she was. She did not say one thing in that entire movie. She just looked so... So obsessed. And abused. I just love it. I just love that (laughs) whole thing. I love her, like, in playing like Lehman's assistant. She always has a pencil and she always just looks really uncomfortable with mm-hmm. the whole situation. Oh, and Lona is from a town in Minnesota called Rosemount. Mount Rose, I see. So this was a, a very personal movie for her, yeah. I imagine. Mm-hmm. Right, what you know, I guess. I still really <laughs> want to know like what she performed. Or Lona, if you're was. listening, <laughs> Bonnie and Maud at gmail.com. We'd love to know. I feel like the, this whole episode, we're like gushing about this movie. I mean, we've been somewhat critical of certain types of humor that have maybe gone a little too far. The violence of it, too, like when Amber is at Nationals and there's a shootout and like a stray bullet catches the reporter. Mm-hmm. She saw the opportunity. She snagged the mic. So maybe she did learn a lesson from the Lehmans and, and the oh, violence of everything. Wow. Oh, man, that's a dark ending, Ramel. I'm just saying. I'm <laughs> That like, is really interesting. Because... The Amber Becky, does end yeah. up as a Diane Sawyer-esque mm-hmm. news anchor character I in know, the end. I want to know what Diane Sawyer had to do 
at her beauty pageant to, mm-hmm. to get to where she was. Because, I mean, right? If you saw somebody get shot three feet away from you and your first instinct is to rip the microphone out of their hand and start reporting from the scene. She's been numbed. Yeah, I think yeah. she's probably been exposed to enough just terrible things that, hey, mm-hmm. that's showbiz, I guess. You know, I think it's actually very hard to make a movie that is A, good, B, funny, and C, contains violence and have it all work together, especially violence against teenage girls. And so I'm actually shocked that this movie was able to pull that off because there have been... It's always women inflicting violence upon other women, which I think definitely takes it down a notch from being (laughs) quite so possibly sexist i mean it makes it less scary less intimidating than like the suggestion of men inflicting violence on women or women inflicting violence on men and then it becomes a revenge scenario yeah. like he did right. something to me first he catches the first kind of boring i'm so yeah. bored by all those rape and revenge movies i will never ever watch they're the worst ever but this, I mean, this movie. Well, also, who are they for? Like, I don't ever They're feel for like men. Yeah, I like, don't understand. Is this for me? Are you making this? F- no. <laughs> I don't know. Whoever is peddling the idea that those movies are somehow empowering is sorely wrong. But Drop Dead Gorgeous is amazing because it does manage to combine violence and humor, and violence against women in a way that is really funny. Yeah. There, there have been horror movies that have attempted to pull that off and have failed uh, mm. where it just seems cheap and i don't know i don't know what it is about this movie that just makes that all gel together so well is it possible that the idea of women being aggressive is sort of funny because it is so rare and aggressive when it comes to something like so frivolous as a pageant mm-hmm. but it's not frivolous to the people that are in it think back on like when you're on that age everything was just magnified Maybe I'm crazy in that respect. But girls don't punch each other over bad outfits. They just, like, give an icy stare or make a comment. The fact that it's taken to that level of, like, having a speaker fall on someone's head and several explosion scenarios. (laughs) Well, the funny thing... Tammy and her thrasher. Yeah. (laughs) And, And the light or speaker or light, whatever it was, falling on the girl's head actually ends up being this positive because she was the girl who was uh, obsessed with, with be- learn- sign, language. sign language. Yeah. And then... Now she's actually deaf. <laughs> I love Amber's <laughs> line where she's like, oh, I didn't tell you. She's deaf now. She's so... Isn't that so great? So happy. She's so happy. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. I mean, it might also just be as simple as so many of the characters in this movie are so over the top. The circumstances are so over the top. It, at times, it reminded me of a John Waters movie. The razzle-dazzle the ra- pageantry of it all. Yeah, and just this sort of um, irreverence for any kind of institution um, and doing anything in a way that would approach political correctness right um and so many of the characters are caricature-ish but still believable but still believable they're slightly more exaggerated none of them are too wacky which i i really really appreciate it yeah it's a small town and i think we all kind of if you grew up in a small town you kind of have like a weird conspiracy like oh well i didn't get picked for x thing because somebody's dad or somebody's whatever it's Mm. like you know like you always think like this is all against me and i think that that's kind of something that we all hint at or like i didn't get a part in the school play it's probably because x person is 
the director's pet or whatever. Mm-hmm. But this I'm is still bummed real. about that. <laughs> <laughs> Ramel, you're not from, are you from a small town? Yeah, I'm from uh, oh. a little town upstate called uh, Queensbury, New York. It's about an hour north of Albany at uh, the foothills of the Adirondacks. And it doesn't help because my mom came from an even smaller town. So she was she would always try to like warn me and be like, well, you're probably not going to get this because so and so's, you know, they have the last name. Like the last name was very big. Like wow. if somebody um, was a large business owner in the area or like, you know, it's kind of that big fish little pond scenario. And I just never paid attention to it. But she would like point out things to me and be like, well, that's why, because you know who so-and-so's dad is. Like, sorry, mom, I'm making you sound terrible. But, like, <laughs> she she would do we, that. We've done that with our moms on the <laughs> show, so no worries. Um, but, yeah, like, in small towns, yeah, if your dad is, you know, the, the mayor of the town, like, you'll probably get some concessions in, in certain things. But she's like, mm-hmm. you don't come from a name, so you're going to have to work harder than everybody else. And I'm like, wow. that is crazy. You were Amber <laughs> Atkins. Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's some parallels. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should wrap it up. Okay. Because we gushed about this movie so much, I think it would be neat to maybe make other recommendations. Like, if you're familiar with Drop Dead Gorgeous, if you saw it for the first time, like, what other movie would you recommend along those lines? Oh, geez. Well, uh, we were talking a little bit about Freeway earlier and how just a twisted and terrible movie that is, but it also kind of brings in some weird fairy tale, like Little Red Riding Hood themes in it. It's a little bit similar to this in that it's like women inflicting violence on either a guy or other women. I I rewatched After Hours this summer. Um, That's another movie where women are kind of aggressive and scary, and I really loved it. I haven't seen it. Their aggression is primarily directed towards a guy who's just trying to escape this hellish night, and a lot of their motivation is kind of being lonely and wanting to talk with him and wanting him to care, but it's not sexualized. Who knew that I needed to get so much aggression out? Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> but um, I've been enjoying these movies of of women. Violence. Like, yeah. I recently reread and rewatched Valley of the Dolls, and there's a lot of like girl on girl violence in that as well. But it's all subliminal. It's all mm-hmm. the Neely O'Hara storyline, where like she's just brutal and vicious, and she will literally stab anybody in the back and she will eat all of the pills to achieve all of the fame but she starts off as so pure and lovely much like amber atkins i would love to see like a drop dead gorgeous too where it's like kirsten dunst is the mother yeah or there's like a up-and-coming anchor where she's kind of getting phased out because she's getting older and i like Mm -hmm. i would love to see like if she remains pure and kind of delicate twisted by her Right. History. Exactly. There's a lot of different themes in that that I think fit really well as well, as far as like girl violence and substance abuse, mm-hmm. doing things to yourself to achieve greatness, much like our beloved anorexic and dropped in gorgeous. And don't we love the trope of a girl, a pure girl, being turned bad through outside forces? Yeah. I guess I would recommend along those lines um, Crybaby. Oh, yeah. I was talking about John Waters earlier, and (laughs) Crybaby is one of my favorite John Waters movies. Um, Johnny Depp is in it. 
there's a lot of really great scary quote-unquote scary women in that movie including tracy lords and ricky lake who would go on to star in hairspray i straight up love ricky lake and i don't care who knows it like i think she's awesome in crybaby she's pregnant with her third baby even though she's like 16 and swears like a sailor and mm -hmm. it's just so that movie scared me so much as a kid but i like rewatched it again a couple of years ago every moment is so perfect mm -hmm. the performance early on like very 50s style thing that, yeah the rockabilly yeah that made me think of drop dead gorgeous that is your watching homework, listeners. <laughs> um, if you haven't seen Drop Dead Gorgeous, we recommend going to see it. Huge thanks to Ramel Wood for joining us on oh, this episode. thank you. This was, this was a lot of fun. So we are Bonnie and Maud. I'm Eleanor Kagan. And I'm Xenia Yarosh. You can contact us at bonnieandmaud at gmail.com. Find us online at bonnieandmaud.com. And of course, sign up for our new episodes on iTunes. Shoulders swagger getting closer to